and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I won't lie, this movie has dungeons in and dragons. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Dungeons and Dragons, which released in 2000. Written by Topper Lillian and Carol Cartwright, and directed by Courtney Solomon. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Ridley Freeborn, played by Justin Wallen, and Snails, played by Marlon Wayans, a pair of rogue thieves in the land of Izmir. They have decided to break into the Mage's Tower to steal something, and while they're in there, they come across Damador, played by Bruce Payne, killing one of the elderly clerks and trying to steal a magical map. When the two thieves and another mage escape with the map, they must make their way across the land to find a magical scepter to take control of the dragons to defeat Profion, played by Jeremy Irons. You cannot be serious. I've never been so serious. Oh, please. This film, I think, had one of the most, if not the most, troubled pre-production I think I've ever come across while looking into a film. Like, more yeah. so than Alien 3. Right, you know, wow. Which is, like, one of the most famous one troubled the famous, productions. Yeah. Uh, the director for this, uh, he managed to purchase and acquire the rights back in 1990. Wow. And it took 10 years, 10 years of a hell, to get the funding and get the resources and to get somebody signed off on making this film. Yeah. And he well, he managed to acquire the rights from TSR, who were the original founders, creators for, or, or owners of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he managed to get the, the rights from them to, to make the movie. And then he went off and tried to get production going. Yeah. But then the owner of the company changed hands. Right, okay. To Lorraine Williams. Right. Who was then like, oh, actually, I don't know if I want this film now going ahead, but the contract's already been made. But I guess, you know, uh, I'm now the boss. So when Courtney Solomon signed the rights to make the movie yeah. he also gave TSR final sign off yeah. on the script and on the director okay so whenever oh, he managed to secure a director like James Cameron like Rennie Harlan and a couple of others yeah Lorraine just went no we don't want that. And it was either because of merchandise rights, because she wanted to have toys yeah. for Dungeons and Dragons, where the other directors were like, not really, that's... And even the director, you know, Solomon was just like, no, that's not what Dungeons and Dragons is about. We're not making toys. We're not making a movie to sell toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there was all these complications and all these issues. And then Lorraine ended up getting fired, essentially, because... <laughs> TSR got sold to Wizards of the Coast. Right, yeah. And Wizards of the Coast were like, oh, right, we, we've now owned this company. What's going on? There's still a contract about making a movie somewhere that's still going ahead, but, well, we want to stop that from happening now because we own it. Yeah. And Solomon's like, look, look, I had this, like, for 10 years. Like, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get this movie made. And uh, we don't have the funding. And the, the new owners were like, well, it's our funding now. And so they were like, well, let's try and make a TV movie. Let's try and make a straight-to-DVD movie with the money we've got. And Wizards of the Coast were like, no, you can't do that. We're going to take you to court. Yeah. And so it was eventually settled that if they could turn a movie around in a matter of months, yeah. they would get it released. And then Wizards of the Coast wouldn't, wouldn't touch them. So this film was heavily rushed. And it was also directed by someone who had never directed a movie, had no intention of directing the movie. <laughs> and, well... It's now one of cinema's greatest failures. I mean, to be said that, it's actually an independent movie. That's I mean, it. At the time, it was like 30 to $45 million, which was the highest uh, budgeted independent movie at the time. Yeah, I mean, there are many movies that we can talk about that were attempted to be made and never were. Yeah. This one at least was. Yeah. 
you know, so it's a success, I suppose, in some well, I mean, strange it, way. It made, I think, like thirty-three million uh, worldwide at the box office. So I don't think it made its money back, well, but no, I, I imagine say... on DVD sales, with people sort of wanting to see this film out of some kind of curiosity. Yeah, yeah, I remember the trailer dropping and being like, "No, I'm not interested in watching that." Because it's not that I don't like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I always wanted to, but I grew up in an era where computer games were predominantly more superior more you know i played Dungeons and dragons well yeah well okay 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 getting personal i didn't have that many friends to sit <laughs> around and fucking play Dungeons and dragons with it was me and my book all right and then but at the same time it's it's managed to get kind of like a, a resurgence hasn't it because obviously stranger things has come along and it's like oh everybody in the 80s played Dungeons and dragons fuck you we didn't um you know and then they've made the newest film with fucking captain um kirk you know being a bard and all that so it's like it's still there in the background, but I remember this trailer dropping and thinking, no, that movie looks absolutely terrible. And then getting a copy of it on DVD and watching it and going, that was a big pile of fucking shit I'll never get back. And then Gary going, guess what? We've got to review Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, oh God, yeah. oh God. I mean, this film hits you with its awfulness. Immediately. Immediately. With one of the most hackneyed voiceovers and intros <laughs> to the world <laughs> like you'd, you'd ever see. The Empire of Izmir has long been a divided land. And then, like, the film goes, boom! Here's your CGI. Oh, everything. everything. CGI everything. world. Everything. CGI everything. As the camera swirls around this horrible computer-generated landscape. Hey, at least we go into a dungeon. Oh, right away, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we get introduced to a dragon. Oh, my God! Uh, and then Jeremy Irons releases the dragon. <laughs> he's, got his, he's got his magic stick. Because, to break it down for you, right? Please. In, in this world, you have the Empress, played by Thora Birch, playing Empress Sorvina, who is in control of this land. I think it's called Izmir. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how big the land is or if it's a continent or if it's just tiny little patches. It's no place known in the D&D universe at the time. That's it. We don't actually get a massive, huge, you know, wide shot until very towards the end of the movie. And then I'm like, I don't actually think we actually saw any of this land. No. Um, but she's in, she's in charge of the land. And then you've got a second group of people who are in charge of this council, Jeremy Irons playing uh, Profion, who's like the head mage. And you've got the magic users of this world and then the non-magic users. So it's like a kind of fucking racial... Class system. Class system going on. The movie talks about it. It doesn't go into it. And when it attempts to integrate it into the sum of the script between the actors, the acting is so bad that you just don't fucking care. Um... Jeremy Irons is wanting to get this magic staff off of the Empress because she, with her magic staff, she can control the dragons of the land. Don't worry, we will see the dragons at the end of the movie. So what impact these dragons have on the rest of the world, we don't know. Because Tom Baker turns up at one point and says, well, they're part of the magic that we have. So if you kill all the dragons, we won't have any magic. Because that's how magic works in Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, no. No? Okay. Right. No. As long as we understand that. Right. <laughs> And so Jerry Irons is he's using this magical spell to create this Staff. replica yeah. scepter thing, which he thinks he's now able to control the dragon with, but the power drains out of it, and then the dragon goes apeshit and kills a bunch of his hooded cultists, and uh, <laughs> oh, and then he drops so the door on the dragon, and then the dragon dies, and it 
CGI bleeds into the water, oh, which God. sets the whole river, river on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the special effects are so bad, and I know that we've really hated on special effects in the past. Yeah. But like, I you know when you look back at Venom, at least that guy was trying with what he had. These guys actually had money and people working on it, and somebody looked at the CGI effects of the castle and the fire and went, yeah, that's okay. Put it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they intended to have, like, double, if not triple, the budget they had for this film. And also, I remember reading that um, the script that this film is shot with is the is the original script, where the script underwent several rewrites right, and characterizations yeah. and yeah. changes to make it better. But... Either Wizards of the Coast or Lorraine were just like, no, that's the script that we've signed off on. That's the one you shoot. So yeah. they were kind of forced to shoot shit. That's it. I, I read somewhere that, you know, they were they were just annoyed because they were trying to expand this universe um, instead of just focusing on kind of like the basics, you know. But they don't just... even get the basics. Like, there's no really identifiable characters no. from D&D from the book. I mean, there's a beholder later on. Oh, And we've got God. some orcs at the bar. I think I think Damadir's got a mind flare inside his head that yeah, we never yeah. see. Like, why didn't you take the cartoon series of the kids getting lost on a ride and going into a magical world? Pro- probably legal reasons. It would have worked. It would have so much worked better than this because we've got fucking J- Justin Wallen playing Ridley Freeborn. What a fucking name. And he's a rogue thief-like guy who is X amount of years old and he survived for so long in this magical land, blah, blah. Justin Wallen, no offence, but he did Child's Play 3. That's it. When you're, when he's your lead, God, man, that's your lead. I mean, we've got Marlon Wayans as his sidekick. Oh, man. Like, this has got to be one of, if not the most annoying character, right up there next to Jar Jar Binks. Right next to Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the annoying comedy sidekick yeah, yeah but he talks like a real person from the real world from the modern times yeah teleported back into a fantasy world where he just plays himself i'm like who creatively thought that that is what dungeons and dragons needed and i'm like oh well you know we you look back at like the the last conan the destroyer movie and uh-huh. you're just like oh well you know we can't do that we we need to we need to modernize it and make it fresh for new audiences and no. insert Marlon uh, Wayans. Yeah, because he like he was doing well with comedies at the moment, and you know, yeah, he... I'm sure people found him funny. Well, he, I mean, I read as well he was recording Requiem for a Dream at the exact same time, and he was fantastic in that. Yeah, like really showed some good range, a real grounded character, and I'm like, Jesus, it's such a contrast. That's it. You can see like sometimes when it comes to you know filmmaking. Like, the director has a lot of control and they can make the characters actually express themselves and work and they actually do what actors are supposed to do. Then you look at something like Dungeons & Dragons where the actors are just expected to read lines off a piece of paper, cut, print, move on to the next scene. And that's what we're getting with these two leads. Yeah. You know, because... Well, they decide now, because the, the river's on fire, they're like, oh, this will make a great distraction to go and steal or break into the Mages Guild yeah. and see what trouble we can get into and see what loot we can find. Yeah, because we don't like the Mages yeah. the class system. And so, yeah, there's lots of wealth in there. There's lots of trinkets. We get the funny scene where he's like, oh, what does this button do? And, oh, my God, there's an illusionary dragon. And, yeah. Oh, insert Marlin screaming again. <laughs> And again. And again. 
Until he dies. Until he oh, dies. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> um, we have Zoe McLellan uh, playing Marina, who is another mage, and she's in the tower um, working with this elder mage, and he's got this magic map, which is supposed to show us where this magical red scepter is supposed to be, so that the uh, if the empress if the empress gets the scepter, she can control both gold and red dragons. And if uh, Prothean gets the scepter, then he gets to use the red dragons to fight the gold dragons. And there'll be a giant war and all the dragons will die and the magic will be disappeared. Blah, blah, blah. I'm making it sound exciting. It, Are you? <laughs> not. Nowhere near. Because Damadir, played by Bruce Payne, turns up in oh, his no. plastic armor uh, with uh, his bad bald head and lipstick. You see that man coming. You see Bruce Payne turning up in your movie. Get out. Run. Turn it off. Quick, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, no offense, mate. We want to say you're a good actor, but we watched you in Howling Five. You, you weren't, you weren't very good, and you weren't very, you're not very good in this. Like you're going up against Jeremy Irons, which you can totally see the difference between acting quality right. when it's Damadir versus fucking pro. Well, I mean, I don't know, like. Like, Jeremy Irons should be embarrassed. Like, this film he, is he, career suicide for anyone involved in it. He is embarrassed. He's hamming up his scenes so badly. And they are still doing better than Bruce Payne's entire silent acting quality. Well, it's because Bruce Payne looks like he's taking the most violent dump of his life <laughs> in every scene. <laughs> That's probably why his lips are that colour. Yeah, why is his lips that colour? I don't know. What is it? Like... I was trying to work out, like, was he the bodyguard for the mages or was he some general who just happened to side with the mages? The film doesn't go into anything about his character. There's even a turning point later on where he's had this thing put in his head. The terrible tentacles come out and are chewing on people's brains or I don't know what the fuck they do. He's chewing up memories, like their physical items. Their physical items that do no damage to the person anyway. It doesn't kill them. Um, But he even says to her, says to Marina at one point, I don't want to harm the Empress, that's all Prothean. And I'm like, so you're a good guy turned bad? Or a bad guy who wants to turn good? It was so fucking bad. Like, yeah. All the acting in this is so fucking bad. It is, it is. And so they end up capturing Damador, killing one of these other mages, and then she ends up fleeing with the map that was magically thrown to her, and she ends up fleeing with Ridley and Snails. And uh, uh, and they end up going through portals through the town until they manage to uh, bump into a dwarf. Yeah. Uh, who who is just? I mean, they, oh my god! Like he gets his helmet knocked off and he has this this terrible reaction and goes in to fight them. I was like, this is. This is parody. Yeah, like this is this is so comical, bad. and I'm like, God damn it! Like, when did this film come out? Oh, it was literally a whole year before Lord of the Rings, and it's like, thank God, thank God, Peter Jackson, because you've saved this entire genre from devolving into more of this. Yeah, and it is the worst. It is dreck. And that's the thing as well. Lee Arenberg uh, saved his fucking career because he plays the dwarf in this, and he's not even a dwarf. He's just small yeah yeah you know um and he he would go on to play one of the main characters in the pirates of the caribbean movies but his he the dwarf in this is fucking bad and he might as well just not be in there because in the latest sequences especially when you get like norder the elven ranger turn up like 
She's useless. They are all useless. All, all useless. of them. They are all comedy sidekick characters. Yeah. And not only that, but he also breaks the fourth wall at one point when they're all gathered around and they walk off and he looks directly at the camera and goes, Oh, it's a terrible way to do business. Terrible. That's a terrible way to do business. And he ups and walks off and it's like... Did they just break the they fourth wall? The fourth like, wall. was that the director talking? Like, was that his experience of making the movie? Like, I, 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 I want to talk about sequences that would happen like towards the end, but actually, nothing major, great. Well, actually they, happens. Story-wise, they end up getting that magical map. And then somehow going into it, having a conversation with some wraiths that we don't see. We don't see, yeah. Then they come then out. They come back then out. they point fingers and they decide yeah. that they need to go and get this dragon's eye oh, in order yeah. so that they can From open the, the thing guild. to get the scepter which they need to control the red dragon. So yeah. they need to go to the thieves' guild to confront Silas, who is the keeper of the maze. Mm. And uh, it turns out... It's Richard O'Brien. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. It's a you know, riffraff from uh, yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's also you know, Richard O'Brien. Yeah. Crystal Maze. Though, though he's looking a little bit worse for wear at this point in 2000. True, I don't know true. if that's makeup and it's supposed to be his character just fucking living the life. He does look him. a little bit sickly, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he, still, he still brings that camp, that energy, which is absolutely appropriate for everything that's come before in this movie. Well, so he fits right in there. I read as well that the director let some people ad-lib their lines. Um, so with Marlon Wayans, when he wanted to ad-lib, he, he had to read some of his script properly and then ad-lib his own to see if they would work. And so the same thing is with Richard O'Brien. And so there's a part where he slaps Marina's ass. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if she signed off on that or if he just did it. Right. You know? But he sets up Ridley and he's just like, yep, yeah, okay, we're going to send you into the maze. Now, there was this whole point as well where they sent snails off on his own. Um, I don't actually remember, remember what they did with him because he just seemed to come back. Yeah, they just wanted him out of the movie for five minutes. Right, that's right, because Marlon Wayans was filming Requiem for a Dream at the exact same time that he was filming yeah. there. So he would <laughs> fly from here back to America, film with Darren Aronofsky, and then fly all the way back, do his scenes here. Spoilers, he dies at one point, so he oh. actually saves his career by going off somewhere else. <laughs> off, the, off the ledge. <laughs> but Ridley decides he's going to go into the fucking maze. Yeah, yeah. and the, the I mean, it's not a maze. It's, it's three tiny, tiny rooms. Tiny rooms and yeah. the first one, he just kind of you know, hits his sword into some of the stones. It sets off the fires. And then he hits the stone. He's like, oh, those are the safe ones. Yeah. I'll walk on those. Walk and on then those. the wall starts to close in behind him. Some of the tiles spin. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm, this is a cool sequence. But he manages to swing across the ledges. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the swinging blades to get past the next trap uh, and then he's in this room where he's got to put his hand in there to hit the button but you've got all these spinning blades and wires and contraptions yeah. and so he just kind of breaks the mechanism and just bypasses it i was like oh it was really okay. shit. it was i was like that was a bit of a letdown i was hoping for something a little bit more elaborate something where he might have had to use some uh, some intelligence yeah but no it's just kind of dexterity tests for the most part <laughs> just rolling 20s <laughs> all, the just way all the way through and then even when he gets it richard Brian's like yeah i want that back actually i'm, I'm a thief you think i'm just, yeah. really i couldn't get it myself i was waiting for somebody to get it but then damador fucking turns up and that causes a fight scene? A fight scene, Oh yeah. my god, it's terrible. It is so it's terrible. It's really bad, yeah. And they managed to escape. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, Marlon Wayne's, you know, we need to get rid of him out of the movie. Um, and so after Marina, like, 
I think Marina was captured first, wasn't she? And then yeah. they've they've decided to break into his castle to um to to get the the crystal back. Uh, to get to get the map and to rescue Marina because they need to find the the, yeah. the place where the scepter is going to be. I do want to bring up there is one really good, really really good effect here. Oh right, okay. Uh, and that is when uh, Snails is in the room. He's looking for the treasure and he goes to walk out. And he steps onto this rug. Oh, yeah. Which turns into, like, quicksand. Quicksand, yeah. And I was like, that rug looked really well done. And when he's sinking into it and all the patterns dissolving away, yeah. I was like, that was a really cool, very simple effect. The only unfortunate thing is that they linger on it too long and the effect starts to dissolve yeah, and it looks... Well, it's Quaker Oats. Yeah, exactly. Read it, read it <laughs> you, can, you can see that after yeah. the paint sort of sinks away. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, he, he sinks in the ground and then Damadir comes along and goes, hey, how did you get in my fucking room and get so close to my shit? You know, and instead of just killing him, he just kind of chases him around the rest of the castle. Yeah, now, now tonally, the film sort of takes this dark turn where it becomes like really serious as Snails decides not to run anymore and he pulls his little dagger and he's like, Yeah, I'm going to fight you I'm now. I'm going to fight you. Yeah, even Bruce Payne's the... like, This is pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really fucking going to do this? Well, so this is not as pathetic as this set. Like, well, actually, this is not a set now. This is a real location. It's it's terrible because Ridley had to fight some guard and he was having so much trouble just fighting this guard that Snails ends up having to fight Damadir and fucking get offed. And then fucking Ridley's like, oh my God, you killed my friend. I'm so upset. It's time for some acting. Yeah. As they go to, um, to I don't know, the Ewoks camp. Yeah. You know, somewhere. And they have this dramatic moment where he's crying over his friend Snails and he's yelling at Marina that it's all her fault. Oh, all the mages fault. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. So Snails died for bad. everyone because we're fighting against the oppression of of Profian, who who wants to rule with the mages and and the the princess, she wants to bring oh. everyone to an even level, and that's what Snails died for. And I'm like, oh my god, they're kissing now. Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? Sometimes was worse. Like a bad movie, I can fucking stand a bad movie sometimes with with bad acting and bad camera angles and bad fucking. It can be fun. It it, it, it can be fun. Yeah, it can be fun. Fucking, you know, Curse of the Queer Wolf proved that out of anything. Dungeons and Dragons. No, just it's an example that sometimes it really doesn't work. And this fucking Ewok village bit where he's looking out at that terrible CGI painting drawing thing. Like, I was looking at it like, what the fuck is that <laughs> shit? And then her fucking trying to talk to him because he's so upset because his buddy's been killed. I'm like, motherfucker, your buddy left you in a shitty movie and he went off and did a better movie himself. Yeah. And you do have to try to show some fucking emotional connection now, which the movie is trying to force feed me, and I really don't fucking care! Well, I don't forget, we've also got the really vulgar dwarf who's just like, oh, what you need is, uh, you don't want an elf, they've got no meat on their bones. You need to find yourself a good 250-pound dwarf with hair on her chin that you can hold on to. And he starts rutting. I'm just like, what? What? What are you doing here? Please, Get yourself a nice 250 pound dwarf. Ah! Well, hair on a chin you can hang on to. Ah! 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 Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm trying to remember. I think Damadir got hold of this the scepter at this point. 
Um, and then, oh yeah, no, well, yeah, he gives it to him, yeah, doesn't he? Because uh, he wants, he wants, uh, trying to save snails and Marina. He's trying to save Marina. I think he's trading off for Marina because um, the dwarf oh, and the elf have already been captured as well. That's right, that's right. He goes in and he put, he gets the jewel and he actually gets the scepter out. Yeah, and he when talks he, to he the comes, skeleton. He talks to the skeleton for a little bit, and the skeleton's just like, ha yes, you have to be just worthy like to weld it. And he's like, yeah, okay, then he just takes he just it. Takes and it. Like, oh, okay. And then when he finally gets outside, he comes across Damadir with Marina. Um, and he has to give away the scepter, but Damadir makes his own portal and fucks off to go after Jeremy Irons. And and Ridley's just so angry, so angry, he chases after him into the portal. Uh, and and Jeremy Irons at this point has started the war against the Emperor. I know, right? It's just out of nowhere. Army of dragons flying at the CGI city, <laughs> breathing CGI fireballs and their CGI cannonballs. And, and, and then we cut to this tiny, tiny little lighthouse type set. You know, there's like six guards all standing around firing magic fireballs that all miss. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't think they could. I don't understand what the major's plan was here. Like, I understand the Empress has this army of dragons that she can use to destroy the mages. There was no build-up. It There's just no. happens. It just, like, it just well, is happening. It was kind of built-up with those shitty Phantom Menace-type fucking Senate fucking uh, Empress talking to the council kind of means. I'm not giving up my scepter. You can't take it from me. Yes, we can. Well, it's going to be war. Okay, it's at war. Here we go. And I'm just like, she, because Thor, I like Thora Birch. Yeah, she's yeah, alright. she's good. Not in this. Not in this. She just kind of points her, her, her plastic scepter. The worst thing is she's got that gold stuff on. Yeah. And the, the lighting on it just, it's so bad. Right, there's a sequence so after all the dragons are attacking Profian and then she's like, oh, this is bad. I'll call back the dragons. Yeah. And then the next shot is like a wonky shot where we don't really see her on a dragon. No. But I think it's trying to tell you she is riding, riding a dragon. One, yeah. <laughs> it's just so awful. It's so bad. Because then you see the, the shot of all the other dragons. It's like, and they all got riders on? No. Like, no. which one is she on? We don't see. We don't see. Because they, they all literally, you know, copy and paste the gold dragons around. Yeah. Until Damadir gets his staff and then he can bring all these red dragons in. And now we've got gold versus red dragons. Which, if I'm imagining if they kill each other, is going to destroy the world as well. Because the world's kept together by magic. Maybe. I think. Um, but, but it doesn't matter because Ridley jumps through a portal. So yeah. he just is there now. Yeah. Everyone else is distracted. And he manages to wrestle free the scepter from... Well, well, he has to fight Damadir first. Ah, true, yeah. Um, well, and he's so angry. Oh man, the fight choreography is so bad. It's so bad. Uh, he, yeah, Ridley gets the the snot kicked out of him until he does this jump up on the wall behind and stab you in the back. And yeah. oh, yep, yeah, typical you know villain death. I mean, Damadir had, had the mind flare taken out of his mind, so I didn't know if he was like less powerful than what he was before. You think more so, like I, regained? Yeah, like but, he's he's nothing like fucking what uh, the the general from Willow. No. You know, that guy is a fucking badass. The fucking Damadir is... It's Bruce Payne. It's Bruce Payne. <laughs> so get rid it's of him. Bruce Payne. It's Bruce Payne. <laughs> he gets killed and thrown off the fucking balcony and falls to his death. Um, and then, yeah, um, Ridley is trying to wrestle the scepter from Profion. Profion's like, ah, ha, ha, I'm all magic. You can't stop me. I've got this magic staff, which just defeats all of your attacks against me. 
Um, and yeah, then... and like all the others turn up, don't they? One by one. Yeah. Like they turn up, and he's just like, nope, nope, nope. I love the expression he gives to the dwarf when he flings the dwarf away. It's like <laughs> of utter disgust. Like, ugh. Uh, yeah, and he mocks the elf, and yeah, it's just yeah. Like, oh my. And then he, then he, then while he's distracted, Ridley gets the the scepter. Um, he starts to try to take control of the dragons, but he can't. And then he he d- destroys the crystal, which means that nobody can use the scepter now. Um, but the Empress turns up. She's just there. Yeah, she's turned landed with her golden dragon and Prothean tries to fight her, but she uses her scepter to control her golden dragon that comes along and eats Jeremy Irons. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to say, we, we also had quite a lot of Jeremy Irons' over-the-topness here, where he's mm. just like, let the skies rain with their blood. Oh, so bad. You, know, you have the moment so where he unleashes bad. like his skeletal form that uh, kind of jumps that? the back of Thora. Yeah, what was it's that? Like, what, what was that? that? Uh, yeah, and then he gets eaten and the dragon flies off. And mm. it's like, you know... And the world, yeah, is happy. What did our heroes accomplish in this adventure? Distraction. <laughs> Sleight of hand. Like, <laughs> they got the crystal. They just got in the way. Think... And, and like, he went on this grand adventure to get this scepter, which he gave to the big villain, yeah. which the villain used to summon an army of dragons, which he used to kill tons of, of people, uh, destroyed the city, and, it then, doesn't look and then Ridley destroyed the amulet, and then he got killed anyway. So I was like, if Ridley had done nothing this entire film, yeah. there would have been no red dragons. The gold dragons would have just turned up and d- defeated the rebellion, and it would have just been all over. I was like, yeah. so our heroes did nothing. They accomplished nothing. Yeah. And all of the characters, the party, they all did nothing, except for Ridley. Because <laughs> when, when they were about to go and face Prophean, they get this portal, and, and like only Ridley's allowed in for no reason, and the whole party's just got to stand there. They do nothing they get introduced and they do nothing i'm like <laughs> dungeons and dragons is about a party adventure not bloody you know han solo look-alike i mean actually i was looking at this i was like you know the mummy came out a year before this and i was like oh my god they are selling you as the new rick o'connell yeah. you know the same haircut the same sort of dungeon exploring i was like but you're not like Oh God! Like, do, do what makes this film worse, and I knew this was coming the whole time. I was waiting to watch this fucking film for the review. I knew this fucking ending was coming, and I've always fucking hated this ending. I've hated this movie. I fucking hate this ending even more. And fucking, you know, the dragons are defeated. Prothean's defeated. The land goes back to peace or whatever. Thora Birch does this whole voiceover thing. We don't actually see her celebrate with people. Because, yeah, you're all equal now. You're all okay? equal now. That's <laughs> it. You're fine. In I there. said and, it, so it's, so it's true. And, and the crowd cheers, but we don't see them. And we get this panning shot of the cemetery. And there's fucking Ridley, Justin Wallen, stood in this terrible leather jacket. Because it's an upgrade, you know, yeah. because he's the hero now. And he stood <laughs> over Snails' fucking, fucking uh, grave. And the whole party's there. And he puts the crystal, the eye of the dragon, I think it is, mm-hmm. onto the fucking uh, grave. And something happens. Something happens where magic goes into the crystal and the elf kind of hints that Snails is still alive and that Ridley should go and find him and that they'll all help him. And then the movie ends. Well, they all turn into magic into the crystal and they all fly off. It's fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit because you've just ruined Snails' death yeah. to say we're going to make a sequel. W- but you're not. <laughs> well, they you're are. Never- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, none of no, these are returning. No, 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 they never did. It's fucking 23 years since this movie was made. They're not fucking making it, dude. 
But what they did. They did make a sequel. And, the, and, and Bruce Payne was the only one who returned. Oh, my God. He died. And then we finally get the latest like remake that pretends that none of the other movies ever existed. I pretend that this movie never existed. Yeah, I'd like to go back to that too. <laughs> yeah, but first, Ian, you need to tell me what were your favourite or memorable scenes from Dungeons and Dragons? My most memorable scene from this entire movie was when I picked up my remote control and went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's mine too. Yours too, is it? Oh, great. And we both have the same favourite scene. But I should probably pad this out a little bit. Should we? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I don't want to go on this too long either. Yeah, I uh, I, I always imagined, like, from playing Dungeons and Dragons, what the Beholder would look like on screen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and now I wish I'd never seen it. <laughs> no, Big Trouble in Little China always did it better. Yeah, hell yeah. So always much, so much better. Um, so even though I, I kind of wanted to see it, now, now it cannot be unseen. <laughs> yeah, it cannot be unseen. I, I always love janky talking skeletons in movies, and uh, I was like, oh man, if only only they had Stan Winston in here, you know, but it looks like a prop skeleton. It doesn't, it is, it, it is. it's so badly lit, it's that there's, it, it's just comical, the yeah. way that it kind of splutters to life and delivers this, this warning and this message about being worthy of wielding it, and he just takes it and buggers off. So, oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, we talked about the, 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 the oat, oatmeal-filled carpet yeah. thing, the trap, the quicksand trap. I was like, yeah, that was that was a cool effect. That was a cool effect. I also do think that a lot of the costumes in the film look really impressive. They all look appropriate. Every character is wearing something, I think, that from feels... From a distance. From a distance, yeah. yeah. Squint your eyes, and, and it, you'll, you'll think you're watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's like the elves. Every now and again, I was looking at the elf, and I'm like, she could almost be Vulcan. Almost, yeah. <laughs> almost Man, what was with that chest plate? <laughs> it was, that was so, so distracting. It was so plastic, wasn't it? I swear, if you look, you can see Made in China written oh, on no. the Well, there's a sequence where the guard ends up helping uh, snails out of the thing, and you can see that they've written an R in his knee pad, so he makes sure he gets it in the right on the right leg. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe the costumes weren't all that great. But they were a highlight. I'd also say some, like one or two of the map paintings or CGI backgrounds of, of the buildings or the trees or whatever looked okay. okay. But then as soon as we saw actors moving in front of it, I was like, oh, I've got to get it off, get it off. <laughs> yeah. you, you held on it too long. <laughs> Richard O'Brien, you know, he is the, the lord of the maze. You know, he's a, a, a fabulous actor when he's in a role that suits him. Yeah. This role suits him. The movie doesn't. He, he was better. <laughs> he was better in Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> the dwarf turning to the camera and saying, "That's bad business. Like it's not good, but you're gonna remember it. <laughs> it might even be the highlight of the movie for you." Oh man. And then of course Jeremy Irons. Oh. All of his over-the-top deliveries, his facial expressions, the weird noises he makes. <sighs> Ian. I think we all know the answer. Uh, no, I cannot recommend this fucking movie. It is so fucking bad on a on a level that I didn't even think I could get to. You know, I, I've said this to Gary before we turned the camera on. I, if we'd watched this movie when we first started doing, you know, the review show, I'd have fucking torn this movie apart. But the thing is, I've done that so many times. It's like I'm desensitized now and I just... I just don't have the energy to hate on something just for it, just for being bad. It's bad. It's got bad acting. It's got bad script writing. It's got bad effects. It's got bad editing. It's just got bad pacing. It's got bad 
everything. I'm sure the catering on set was bad one day. I bet you the fucking trailers they used to move stuff around were just bad trailers. I mean, you talk about Jeremy Irons and hamming up. Make sure to take some fucking pineapple with you if you want to watch this movie. Just to get some mixture of ham and pineapple in there. It's so fucking bad. And I know that people can say, Oh, Ian, there are movies that are actually so good they're bad. This movie is not good. Okay, it's nowhere near as good as anything. I, I, I want to say Marlon Wayans is alright, but I remember him being in G.I. Joe. That's bad as well. Bruce Payne. I, I can't tell you a good Bruce Payne role. And he's in this for a long time. Jeremy Irons almost ruined Die Hard with a Vengeance for me in this. But that movie is completely separate because it's got Bruce Willis in. This movie is bad. So bad. Gary? No, I'm also not recommending Dungeons and Dragons from 2000. Unless, you know, you wish to torture yourself with one of the worst films of all time. It is nearly endlessly annoying from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, or, or it starts to be, like once your initial shock of just how bad this film is and the slow realisation that there is another hour and a half <laughs> yes! of this shocking yeah. CGI crap fest. It's so long. The performances are unbearable. The script and dialogue is tedious and tired. And over-the-top Jeremy Irons is just too much. It's painful to watch. It's absolute cringe. If you're a fan of D&D, stay the hell away. Like, this film will taint your whole experience. Well... That's even if you can recognise this mess as anything resembling Dungeons and Dragons. Other than that there's some dragons and a maze and a dungeon. <laughs> it's the most basic of efforts. It looks cheap, tacky and soulless. And it just keeps getting worse as it plays out. The only thing that wasn't immediately horrible were the costumes. They were pretty good. And the story itself was okay, but it was just executed so poorly with the worst band of comedy sidekicks in the whole of cinema. The camera work was forgettable, there was no style, no flair, there was way too much film grain, poorly lit sets, awful looking locations. It's so laughable and it's so painful to watch. So yeah, I think you might want to pass on this one. It's not fantasy, it's nearly parody and it's all bad. Adventure will never be the same again. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. That's a terrible way to do business. Mm.